I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is your official Leguizama Rama spoiler warning. If you have not watched Netflix's Bloodline Season 2, Episode 8, uh, and you don't want it spoiled, chances are we're not going to really spoil too much because I didn't know what was going on. Um... Are you confused by that? Maybe. And if you are, listen through to the pod because you'll understand why I was confused. Shocking spoiler warning, but I'm happy to be back and bring in that bloody intro music, Tom. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to Mish and Zach's Leguizamarama, a podcast where each week Mish and Zach, who need no introduction, fuck oath, watch something starring their favourite actor in the whole wide world, John Leguizamo. My name is Zachary Wayne. You might know me. Oh no, I'm doing an introduction. <laughs> you might know me as... Um, do yeah. your favourite person who goes by one name. You might know me as my favorite person that goes by one name is probably. There's heaps. I know. I'm trying to think of. Is it Bono? No. Well, see, this is, I would go Beyonce. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think Zendaya's earned it yet. She's not, she's no Beyonce. Zendaya is Zendaya. You know, but I was also, I just watched a uh, thing with Topol recently from um, If I Were a Rich Man. He played Galileo, but very similarly to mm-hmm. that character. But I think I'm going to go Beyonce. Okay. No, Kylie. Oh! And not Jenna. She fucked it up for the real Kylie. Mm-hmm. To all our Australian listeners, you know which Kylie I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> all our Australian and LGBT. <laughs> Let's make that That's the A. Very That's the clear. A in LGBTQIA is Australian <laughs> in reference to Kylie Minogue. Uh, Mish, I'm joined as always by Mish Witchrup, yeah. who you might know, know as being the person who most likes this mononym star. <laughs> um, I had a long time to think as you were flaffing about with yeah, your Zendayas flaffed. and your fucking whatnots. Uh, share. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It would be Cher. I'm very, very confident in that. I love um, The reason I was that is at the top you said um, we need no introduction. And I was like, imagine if. We needed no introduction. If you were just Zach. If you, like, if you, you went to any country in the world and said, hey, what do you think of Zach? Yours is the face that pops up. Whereas if someone says to me, what do you think of Zach? Despite the fact that I have known you for like a long time, right? I still would think of Zac Efron <laughs> if someone said. See, that's so what funny because I was thinking of Quinto and Galifianakis. Oh, no, I instantly think Zac Efron. There are so many Zacs ahead of and me. And do you know what I picture? I picture the cover of 17 again. Wow. 
when I think of, that's what, if someone says Zach and the, I do a podcast with you, you're one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. I've known you since we were like babies, well, mm-hmm. uh, early twenties babies. Mm-hmm. And I still think of Zach Efron. No offense, although I have a feeling like I, I'd, I'd, I'd respect and understand if you were offended. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> I, you, by virtue of having a weird abbreviation of your name, could get there. As Mish. Mish could get there. Although uh, there are people in our friendship group, we are friends with Michelle Brazier. Yeah. And there are people that call her Mish sometimes. I hate it. And I, hate I, it. I could kill them. Yeah, I hate that. And I've said to Braz before, I'm like, I hate it when people call you Mish. She goes, oh, do they? Do you? And I was really hoping she'd be like, oh, same. But she she's not. Yeah, and it's she, like, could you, you gotta, can you fight you for me? You gotta buy in here, man. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta step into this fight. Yeah. Because it's outrageous. But also, also, um, I don't think this is a spoiler and I think I can say this. Braz and I have been having chats about doing something together, like creatively. Oh, announced here. No, no, no. I'm not saying anything else beyond that. But there is this whole like how do we name it because there's two Michelles. But I'm not going to go by Michelle. I'm not Michelle. I'm Mish. Like I don't, don't, you know. I'm Mish. I think that's fantastic that you've got the same name. Oh, do you? Yeah, your Mish and Michelle, your Mish and Shell, your Mm. two Mishes. I don't know. What the answer is, mm. but I I look at the sea of potential. Mm. Look at Daniels, the um the directing duo that did um everything everywhere all at oh, once. That's true. They're both called Daniel, and they they've gone with Daniels. That's I'd, great. However, I didn't know this until way later in my life. So I've been going by Mish since like I was twelve or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've been going by Mish. I always I never thought anything of it. It's like Mish, cool. I then went to university at Ballarat Arts Academy and a guy that I was like wildly in love with uh, told me that Mish is actually an abbreviation for what they call a Mish rat, which is someone who lives in a commission house. I've never heard that in my life. Also, that's classist. So fuck that guy. Well, yeah, true. But when he told me that, I, know I was like. I talking about, if you are listening. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't mean. I'm sure you were just saying. Oh, he was just—he was telling a friend. Hey, you know your name is short. If, and, have you not heard of this? before? I'm sure you didn't mean. I'm oh, sure he wasn't you haven't to... used it in a derogatory term. But I'm just trying to help out Mish here. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, but I—I hold no ill will. Or, I don't think he meant anything bad by it. But ever since he said that, I was like, oh, he doesn't love me back. And also, um, I don't think I could ever own the name Mish because so many other people associated with other things. I don't think I've ever heard that. You make a sweet Mish, a sweet commission? Commish? Yeah. I've heard commish. Yeah, people shorten it even further and I've say, never heard Mish. I've made a sweet Mish. If someone no. said that to you, would you be like, why, what are you talking about? I would go, uh, I talk to Mish sometimes. I've never made Mish. Okay. I would think of you. No, I've never heard Mish. I've heard Kamish. Mm. But I've only ever really heard that ironically. Mm. Man, th- people saying Kamish unironically are already the worst. The I, d- worst. I do not want to know someone saying Mish, mm. a sweet Mish. Did you hear that? In, have you heard that in your time? People have told me that. Mm, t- because my name is Mish. Yeah, it's coming up because your name is Mish. Mm. I've never heard it in any real context. I think you've got Mish. Thanks. If Kylie Jenner could steal Kylie from under Kylie Minogue's... Do you think secretly Kylie Minogue has ever said to anyone, that's kind of annoying? What? 
that Kylie Jenner took my name? Not secretly, in the US courts. Really? Kylie Minogue tried to stop Kylie Jenner from starting a uh, makeup line called Kylie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. This is in secret. This was like, she was like, I am Kylie. I am the mononym Kylie. I have been since the 80s. You can't take that Do you think Kylie Jenner knew who Kylie Minogue was? Ah, wow. Yeah. I mean, they're appropriating everything else. Why not gay culture? Um, um, no, I, I'm sure she did, but I think she was like, my name is Kylie. I'm Kylie Jenner. I'll, I'll release a makeup line called Kylie. The thing is, Kylie is mononym in the UK and Australia. She's that famous, but I, she's never been that famous in the US. She's that's only true. really just breaking through. Yeah, that's true. So I have to say though, I listened she to- She lost the court case. Kylie is a makeup brand. Yeah. Now. Um, Kylie Minogue's song did it again. I've rediscovered that a mm. couple of weeks ago and I listen to it every day on my way to work. I, on, I'm not I, I was that, listening that to that song is so good. I was listening to that album. Oh, it's such a good album. Really, really cool. The, that revival disco <sighs> kind of thing. And she's kind of, I, that Padam, you know, a new song Padam. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's a fucking bop. Yeah, it's great. And it's a real like, um, it's a real testament to like evolving, keeping it fresh, but also not chasing. Mm. She's not trying to compete with, you know, the kids. She's doing what she does. She's doing what she's done for the last 20 years, but she does it like a fucking. 100%. And she's so widely loved. And I think that there was this very certain pocket of people that were like, absolutely not. And then Nick Cave gave them permission to love her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're like, no, you can love her music. Like, yeah, all right. Padami is pretty sick. (laughs) I heard the other day I was on Instagram and someone took um, the song, is it Blank Space? Yeah, Blank Space by uh, Taylor. T Swift. T Swift. Yeah. Mrs. A Travis Kelsey, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, but T Swift, they took it and they used AI to make it sound like it was Johnny Cash singing it. Great. And then they um, added music underneath it. And it's genuinely like incredible. Like it sounds mm. like a Johnny Cash song. Like I've heard a lot of uh, AI changing, but this is one of the most impressive ones I've heard. Right. But the stupidity of the comments that were like, it's amazing how a um, real artist can take such silly lyrics and make them sound good. And it's like one, he's dead. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a computer doing that. Two. One, he's dead. He's cunt. dead. Cunt. Two, <laughs> the fact that you would, your first thing would be that, like the, the mental hula hoops yeah. you have to jump through. Yeah. Rather than go, oh, I didn't realize what I took it to be. What I took it to be is, and something I've been floating for a while, talking about it with my partner actually, is that Taylor Swift is a great country lyricist. Yeah. And when she does pop music, it can be a bit grating because she takes certain tropes from country Mm. lyrics. It's why when she did folk, it sounded a bit better Mm. when she went down that folk path because folk and country are kind of related. But when she does pop, sometimes her lyrics can sound a bit naff. But then by putting it back into country, Mm. 
Yep. The lyrics suddenly work. And also I think putting it into a kind of country that's simpler and less poppy. I think all of her, like modern country can be very cleanly produced at everything. But I love that, that rather than go, oh, her lyrics, maybe one. Oh, her lyrics are better than I thought. Yeah. Maybe I'll look inward. Or two. Oh, her lyrics work in this setting. Maybe the issue is she, she mm. she's not a great pop lyricist. Yep. No, they go... No, the the spirit of Johnny Cash lives yeah. the ghost in the shell. <laughs> <laughs> the mere concept of him. <laughs> it's like, but um, it's it's genuinely amazing. You I read find it. It's so incredible. I read a really interesting uh, article. Really interesting is probably a stretch, but I read an article um, this morning. Yeah, this morning. Wow. Um, <laughs> ah, fuck off. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I read a really interesting article this morning. There's this guy who his theory is because Taylor Swift literally just doesn't stop getting more famous. Like yeah. it's just been this constant, like, especially in the last like five years of Taylor Swift just become like, and it just isn't stopping. Mm. It just won't stop. And his theory is, is that there's all it takes. She's cause she's written so many songs. She's released something like, 10 albums, 12 albums, 13, 13. I don't know. Wasn't the last tour about all 10 albums? Wasn't that the idea? I think it was. I didn't watch. Oh, no, but she's re-releasing shit. I don't know. I didn't watch it either. But 10, let's just say 10. She's released these 10 albums. All these vault tracks, songs she's been on, other songs she's written music for other people, right? And this guy's theory is it just takes one Taylor Swift song that that you will connect with and you'll be like, that's the one. And then all the, and that one song, whatever it is, that you connect with makes you go, I have to listen to her entire discography and I have to become invested in her life and who she is as a person and protect her at all costs. And I haven't found mine yet. Oh, that's a cute way to put it. Yeah, I think so. I like her. I don't, I do not, I have not act, I did listen to the Midnight's album. I think we've had this conversation, but I did listen to. I don't know, the Swift, if we had any more than four listeners, the Swifties (laughs) would come for us, so be careful. No, 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 this is not a bad thing. I'm just, I, I haven't watched her Errors tour. I don't, I I probably couldn't name 10 songs right now. Oh, yes, I could. I couldn't name 20 songs by Taylor Swift like right now. I could. could you? No, nah, probably not. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I, I want to find my I, – I think it was a really in, – because people – like her fame just keeps growing. More and more people are becoming Swifties, right? I wouldn't call myself a Swiftie. So where's my song? I don't think you'll ever – I think you missed the boat. No, I don't agree with you. I've got to send you this article. <laughs> no, I look because I think that's that's an interesting theory. I'll read this this article. I just think uh, I think it's more like she's made a lot of. I get it. I guess this is probably what they were saying. She's made a lot of content, and she, mm. and her lyrics are very broad. So one of them's gonna hit. Hmm. But no, no, you made a really interesting point a few months back last time we spoke to Poke about fucking Taylor Swift. Talking Tay. You said that the reason <laughs> that you had a podcast a, called Talk, talk, talk and Tay. Is that our next pod? No. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode we review a new song of hers. Oh, I'd hate that. Oh, they'd come for us, um, the fans. 100%. Um, you made a point a few months ago and I've thought about it where you were like, the reason that you haven't necessarily connected with Taylor Swift is because you find that her lyrics are just so specific to one particular 
And there was that lyric of um, I'm just a monster on the hill just and I'm looking at whatever. Like, and yeah. you like that because, and that was the one that everyone else was like, that's weird. It's a little janky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you really like that one. But otherwise it's just like, I left a scarf at his house last week when I had dinner with his nan. And you're like, that's, I can't relate to that. And I should I've say, it's not that. that it's too specific. It's specific in the wrong places for me. Mm. I like lyrics. I like lyrics that are about very specific, maybe feelings or no, very specific and, and yeah. Yeah, actually, actually, um, it was a really, this was a, about a month ago, maybe. Um, I was, uh, listening to just random playlist, right. And this song came on and I don't know what it was about this song, but I just like stopped in my tracks, like stopped walking and just like listened to this song and was like, Oh my God, this song is incredible. And I shared it on Instagram and was like, everyone simply must listen to this song. And the amount of people that were just like, what the fuck, why are you sharing this song? But because at that moment, at that time, that song just slapped me in the dick. I get it. And it's called I Don't Miss You by J.P. Sachs. Okay. And people were just like, that's just like a really basic shit song. And I was like, no, it's not. I don't know what it was about that song. It is amazing how as but you the get way- older, you give less of a shit about like the context surrounding a song. Oh. Um, Braz does a, re- God, it's bloody Michelle Brazier podcast. We love her. Braz yeah. does a really good bit that she just released on TikTok actually recently. Everyone go follow Braz on TikTok. Um, she did this really good bit. Don't do and- the bit. No, don't. I don't want to give away her bit. We say, talk about bits all the time. Yeah, oh, but a of- friend's bit feels weird. Go look at her TikTok and there's a really good bit about being, um, not having to be cool ah, okay. or being or liking normal stuff. Yeah. I go find that bit. I think the thing with, I think it's probably fine to have done Michelle's bit. I'm so sorry. That I <laughs> no, no, you. no. It's fair. No, I'm glad you did. Cause like go, go find that TikTok. It's really good. I, I think that like with, yeah, we've talked about Taylor. We've covered Taylor. <laughs> um, should we talk about Bloodline? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about Bloodline after this ad break, but on the other end of this ad break, uh, we're going to, uh, say, a Taylor Swift song that we've never listened to in full. Mm-hmm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, we are back. Uh, I've got to look up Taylor Swift. <laughs> I have never listened to in full yeah. that 10-minute version of the Oh, you should. <laughs> I've listened to that a bunch. I, I watched an episode of um, the episode of SNL that she was on where she did it. So I guess it was in the background mm. in full, but I didn't listen. Okay. That's fair. Um, I've never listened to Look What You Made Me Do. In full? In full. That song. So the, I do have one more thing I want to say about Taylor Swift. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I think that Taylor Swift, pop stars, are always changing, always like, you know how they reinvent themselves every album? Yes. It's like the pop star thing. Although that's starting to be broken. Billie Eilish has sort of stopped doing that and Olivia Rodrigo sort of doesn't do it as much. Anyway, that's sort of going away a little bit. But Taylor Swift was always reinventing herself and then I think the Look What You Made Me Do album 
uh, reputation. Reputation was a wonky one. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, look what you made me do. Oh, they're coming for you now. I'm a snake now. They're they're coming for you. Yeah, they're not listening. (laughs) No, they're coming for you. So that one was a wonky one. I feel like she would say it was a bit wonky. And what she did next was very brilliant from a career point of view. She did the folk albums. She was like, I'm going to not try to be number one mm. for a few albums. I'm going to pull back. Mm. And I think she still did huge numbers with those mm. albums, but there was this sense of like, I'm now not, I'm going to get out of this slipstream mm. that has killed Katy Perry, that has killed, I'm going to get out of this slipstream. I'm going to go and do something cr- like that is from a, like even, even if th- that seems to be more, creatively driven and then in three albums time i'm going to step back into the pop world yeah great once and i think that was a very clever move from her absolutely absolutely whatever she's doing i mean she fucking like she's smart man yeah i would say so she's smart yeah i think um and i think now she surrounds herself by very good people very smart smart she brought down katie perry she brought down katie perry you can bring down also also her current partner, who's this um, uh, Travis Kelsey guy, who's yeah. a footballer or some shit, some else shit. He's so attractive. But did you hear the thing about how she went to a game where it was yes. him versus the Jets? No. What? So she went to a game, right? Yeah. And there's a theory on TikTok. <gasps> I feel like I'm doing a TikTok video. I wish we were I feel filming. like we have a Taylor Swift podcast. This is like a great TikTok video. I wish there was this was being filmed. But there is a theory on TikTok mm. that I saw. Yeah. Which was she when the way that everyone found out that she was dating this guy is mm. she went to a game where he played the Jets. Right? Yep. So now when you Google Taylor Swift Jets or Taylor Swift Jet, the thing that comes up is photos of her at a football game. Yeah. Before that football game, what came up when you searched Taylor Swift Jet? Something to do with a plane? She was she was one of the highest um, users of like CO2 for her private jet of any celebrity. And it was like this little controversy oh! that happened. Oh, I love that. That is delicious. Yeah, that's the theory. That's the going theory that like she'll do things... Did she ever respond to that? What? About her private jet? No, she just went to a Jets game. We're never going to think about it again. Yeah. Well, (laughs) at the most recent, like she was doing a show in Argentina and she changed the lyrics of the song midway through the song to, um, yeah, now I'm with the guy from the Chiefs, which is the team he plays for. While he was there, front and centre, on camera, and they're cheering at each other and then she runs off afterwards and gives him a big kissy and hug on camera. And it's like, oh, bitch, this is, it's just very juicy. She's just very good. She, just, she knows, she knows she's what like, she's fucking she's doing. She's the puppeteer, man. Now, I want to say, to be clear, I love that story. I'm not actually saying she did that. Yeah. Because don't come for me. No, but that's a great story. Little, that little, is a great little Swifties. story. I loved, I loved that. I, that's the kind of thing, if I'd seen that TikTok, I'd be deep in a 20-minute hole. Yeah, just it sent me down that hole, at, yeah. At 30-second clips on it. All right. Let's talk Bloodline. Okay. Uh, This week we watched season two, episode eight of Netflix's Bloodline. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. I don't remember anyone. 
In a flashback, we see the small boy as he watches his dad deal drugs. Mm. In a separate flashback later on, we also see that same small boy set fire to the kitchen that his dad works in, presumably after the drug stuff, we're assuming. Mm. Now, that small boy is not emo, but then later becomes emo. Yeah, it became emo somewhere. But it took me three episodes into this season for me to realise that was the same kid. My question is, did he become emo before season one or in season one? I don't know. We don't know. We've we never watched never the season. Yeah, oh, yeah, know. we didn't premise this at all. People know at this point that we... If, if you have joined us in the last few mini podcasts, um, we are watching Johnny, De- Johnny Depp, John Leguizamo... <laughs> Who I just accidentally called Johnny Depp. Okay. For, okay, I need to go to bed. <laughs> John Leguizamo was in season two mm-hmm. of this show. Yep. Uh, so we've, and he only came in in episode three of season two. Oh, that's right. We have only watched those episodes. Yeah. Uh, so we have been piecing it together. I went on tour for two months. Yep. So we're back to square one a yeah. little bit. I'm sure you're about to say that, but no, I wasn't. We are trying to piece together. Yeah. So please what's keep, going on. Keep in mind, not only have we not seen an entire season of this show that sets up the whole storyline mm. of the season we're watching, but we also stopped halfway through the episodes we were watching so that Zach could tour. We were close. I remember being close. Yeah, I remember being close. We'll talk about that after the blurb. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the situation that we're in right now. So small boy, dad. he sees his dad dealing drugs. His dad is the guy who's dead, mm. who was murdered last season. We learnt that. And you might also know him from um, season three of Love My Way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, okay, so uh, that's all happened. Velma from Scooby-Doo is super paranoid that John Leguizamo's character, whose name is Oz by the way, I forgot that, is going to cause big problems because he saw what happened at the motel with Kyle Chandler before Danny died. But I'm not exactly sure what happened at the motel and maybe that's where Danny was killed, but I'm not sure because I never watched season one of this fucking show. Mm. Um, It is revealed later in the episode that Velma actually knows John Leguizamo and it was my favourite scene of the hour of the episode. So was that a reveal? I think so. It was certainly a reveal to us. I think it was a reveal because she's like, what are you doing here? And then and the previous to that, she's just like, who is this guy to Kyle Chandler? So I don't think Kyle Chandler knows that she knows him. Oh. Yeah. Um, later on, she also offers Legs money to fuck off because she's he's clearly annoying her by being there. Mm-hmm. He's going to reveal something and she doesn't want him to, so she gives him an envelope of money. Mm. I'm guessing not enough. I she think he's also sticking thre- threatened his life. Yes. She said, if you don't leave, you're in big, big trouble. Big trouble. Okay. Um, what's going on with Sissy Spacek? Mm-hmm. All right. She sees a photo of the emo kid with some, some blokes, some older blokes. And she says, oh my God, you knew my husband, but I thought the emo kid was her grandson. So of course he would know her husband. So what's going on there? She's like, oh my God, you knew my husband. He's like, yeah, I did. But that's his grandmother. So what the fuck? I fully watch. Uh, okay, keep going. Uh, I reckon that question would have been answered very easily if we had watched season one mm. of this show, which we didn't. Um, I don't know who Miss Ortiz is. They're talking about a Miss Ortiz throughout this whole episode. No idea. John Leguizamo plays Oz and he has a very small ponytail in this episode. Uh, after this episode, the next thing on the list of Netflix after I searched blood was Blood Diamond. So I watched that for a bit while I did some emails. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I can't really do movies while I do emails. Yeah, well, I've seen Blood Diamond a couple of times before, so it was it was like background noise. That's great. Um, so here's my big thought. Go, please. This show mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, clearly it was a one season show and they're trying to see if it has another season in it, which is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm in Plato's cave and I'm just seeing the shadows of a great show. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out the good show just from its shadows. The other thing I think is I'm – so I'm currently watching a show, Mish. Do you know what show that is? Star Trek. Do you know which version? New Generation. <laughs> no, Mish. <laughs> I'm watching Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Which is set at the same time period as – Next generation. Yeah, but, all right. Um, but I'm not going to talk about Star Trek. Okay. What I'm going to say is I'm currently watching episodic television. Okay. I'm currently watching for the first time in a long time television that from time to time might have multi-episode arcs, but for the most part is a single self-contained episode. Like NCIS. Like NCIS. Or Law and Order SVU. Or Star Trek the original series. Yeah. Or Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Or, or NCIS Star Trek Sydney. <laughs> um, I'm currently watching episodic television and I'm really having a bit of a moment mm-hmm. where I'm really learning to love and appreciate the idea of telling a small story concisely. And what it's making me do, and I think I read something recently about this, which I thought was, but what it's making me do is it's making me appreciate that even in serialized storytelling, even when a story is, you know, told over many, many episodes, even when episodes are just chapters in a bigger story, Mm. I think television should still, for the most part, have strong episodes. Episodes should still have a strong... Like Buffy. Like Buffy. But even going into Succession is a really good example of... I still haven't watched it. But that's all right, but... Uh, I'll tell you because there's listeners that haven't watched it yet. But Succession is a really good example of every season is telling a story. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing is it's very much episode follows episode, but every episode is about a single event. It's about yep. a single thing. I think I've talked about this before as I say it. What this show is, I think, one of its issues. Now, I can't criticize it because I didn't watch season one, but something I feel sometimes with this show it's right at that peak of, of, of serialized storytelling. It was made for Netflix where episodes really mush. Mm-hmm. An episode really doesn't have a beginning, middle and end. It is just a chapter in a 10-hour story. Yep. And there are, there are times where I'm like, I, I do wish that each episode had a little bit more form and a little bit more structure. And even if it was telling a bigger story, even if I didn't know what was going on because of season one, I do wish there was a bit more of an element of this episode, Mm -hmm. this is happening. I think that makes perfect sense. My issue with this season is my guess is, I haven't seen season one, (laughs) but my guess is, is that season one was like a mystery, a thriller with a reveal, right? Okay. I'm guessing that a big part of season one was what happened to Danny and who did it to Danny. Right? Oh, okay. Is my guess. That's great. 
that I like that. I, I hear what you're saying because I love television, like the way you're talking about I'm just, television. This is more of a separate thing. It's not so much an issue with the season one. Season no, no, no. Two. I'm d- it's just something I've observed. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. But go on. My issue with season two is I don't think it. Ha- it's it is this kind of very long ten hours of trying to cover up what was discovered last season, and it just feels a bit mushy. Like you yeah, said, like, it's just feeling a little bit like, but but. It is very, very hard to criticise a show that we've come into at the point in which we've come into it. Um, I'd like to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, is there anything that you are excited about in the next? Because we've got two more, yep. got nine and ten. Are there any? Is there anything that you're particularly excited about? This probably of all the episodes, I can't really remember, at the end had me the most hooked. Oh, okay. So, at the end, coach from Friday Night Lights, Kyle Chandler, says to the cop, he kind of goes, so the cop is really close now and he's like, I'm starting to think something happened in that Well, hotel. because the cop was Velma's ex. Right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm starting to think something. And he's starting to say things that as far as I can tell is he's very close to what the story is, which is now I believe mm-hmm. Kyle Chandler helped um, the guy from uh, Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. kill someone. Then he drowned the guy from Animal Kingdom. Okay. Because we saw him drown him. Yes, we saw him drown him. So I think something happened that not only is he responsible for the death of Thingy, mm-hmm. I think he's also responsible for the death of someone at the hotel, but maybe not. Maybe, you know, the point is the police officer is getting close. Yep. He's like, something's fishy here. Yep. Right. And Kyle Chandler is like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Da, da, da. And then he turns and then he's like, you know what? I could fucking ruin your career mm. because you covered up the domestic violence of your boss. Mm. And also you, looks like you're just jealous of my sister. And it's like, Ooh, I like, a turn, I like a, I like a moment where a character's in a corner and then they get like a little bit like, actually fuck you. Like I like a turn. Mm. And I like that that happened because it felt there was some crispness in the mush. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, mm. now with only two episodes to go, I'm like, maybe this is firming up and this is a season about how he covers it up. Mm. I just you, think that. As you were saying, yes. this is completely unrelated to Bloodline, but as you were just saying <laughs> that, no, no, it just reminded me of a scene from a movie, that idea of like being backed into a corner and then just something happening that makes you go, oh, um, movie called uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? Okay. Tina Turner's. Story. Oh, uh, starring the wonderful Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, uh, and a spoiler warning. It's also a spoiler warning for her life. Yeah. So yeah, uh, at the end, she's uh, a single artist and she's incredible, and she's left this abusive man behind. And Ike Turner rocks up to her change room with a gun, <gasps> and he points the gun at her and he goes, "Um, what are you going to do now, Anna May? Which is Tina Turner's real name, Anna May Bullock. What are you going to do now, Anna May? Like, I can't hear you. Speak up. I can't hear. And he's because he's been this really intimidating presence in her know, life. It's so, it's so full on. It's that the acting in that film. Fuck me dead. It's so good. And he's like, what do you, what do you want to, do you have something? It's, he's really calm, but he's scary. He's the same scary guy he was. And she just looks at him through the mirror 
And she and he's like doing and you're just like, oh my God, he's gonna try and kill Tina Turner. Mm. And she just goes, Is that supposed to scare me, Ike? And everyone just goes, Oh, oh I'm assuming it was like, oh my god, the, like the turn of like mm. now she's a fucking scary bitch because she has so much more than him. Yeah. And he has nothing, like he has, he's nothing. It's so good. Anyway, that idea of like being back, like in Well, film, there's almost like a, well. that was a Woo! her going, I've got the power. Yeah. There's something to like, um, there's something to like, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's a, it's, it's something very exciting in writing when it's like the goal doesn't change. Mm. He's still trying to get away with it, but there's almost like a, even if I did do it, I'll fucking destroy you. Mm. I love a turn. That all that being said. There are so many shows out there about good men turn mm. bad mm. that um, it's got to be a really good one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will also say this show, my final thought. Oh, we have, no. We are nowhere near final thoughts. Oh, really? No. Oh, okay, cool. Well, let's get, I could chat for longer. I haven't seen you for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We were stuck for time. No, no, um, no. So uh, I will say as much as like, and I've made it very, very clear in Bloodline Arama that I found. Bloodline Arama. Bloodline Arama. Blama Lam. Bloodline Lama. The Bloodline Lama. Bloodline Lama. Is that I've found the whole process infuriating. Yeah, no, it's terrible. I hate it. Yeah, me too. I am not enjoying myself. I'd like to make that very clear. I am doing this for the pod. Mm. This is for the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But. But. There is some phenomenal acting in this. Now, I can't watch it from a perspective of, wow, that character's developed and I've really seen the arc because I haven't. I've come into this at a ridiculous point. But I am watching it like a third-year arts acting student yeah. who's trying to find scenes. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, I need a scene. I've got a scene partner and I need to find a scene for this acting class. I'm going to take the scene of John Leguizamo talking about what he's going to do with the money when he has it with that bloke who was best mates with the dude from that show. So something a lot of directors That scene was incredible. That scene where he was like, "Um, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to fucking live. I'm finally going to live. Yeah. And he's just having a ciggy off a fucking cliff face. That's great. God, John Leguizamo is a good actor. He's a good actor. That's the thing. So some directors, the thing they do... I don't know. This sounds like, but the thing they do is they'll watch a movie with the sound off. Yeah. And they'll watch particularly their favorite scenes with the sound off because they don't want to be distracted by the story. They just want to see the shots. How did they? And I think there's something to this. This is like the writing equivalent where you, if you remove and the acting equivalent, Mm. it's like there is something to the, I agree. It's not pleasant, but there is something to the process of when you remove context, Mm. It's really easy to get sucked into a story. So Mm. when you're watching TV like this, you're just sucked into the story and that's all you're watching. And there's something to, all right, I can't be sucked into the story because I have no fucking idea what's going on. So I am just going to watch this scene for, all right, how's the dialogue? How's the, how's the, uh, how's the coverage? How are the shots? Like I'm noticing what I do and don't like about the, about the coverage and the photography, the photography and, and I'm noticing more about the acting because I'm removed of context. I'm less likely to get sucked in and like, oh, shit. Mm. She didn't say yeah. that. He didn't say that. 100%. I'm much more likely to be like, oh, okay, that's interesting that they shot it like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of just watching it as a series of scenes squished together, to be honest with you. I like, I think I've said this before, I like that they wear gas station sunglasses. Yeah. And I like that it feels sweaty. 
does feel very I like sweaty. the feel. I think they've captured the feel of it. They've captured the feel of that little town very well. This yeah. kind of like little seaside town. Yeah. Um, and it's not glamorous seaside. It's not mansions by the seaside. No. It's just little working fan. I also love Velma. I think Velma's sick. Yeah, she's good. Wasn't she fucking someone last episode? She used to fuck the cop. No, but did they fuck? She, no, yeah, she, she fucked him again. The cop? I think she fucked a different guy. I don't know. She fucked a different guy last episode and was like, oh, no, I was used to be with the cop. Did she? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Neither do I. I think she fucked the cop again. And then she was like, hey, yeah, remember? That was a great episode. She was like, um, he was like on her. He was up in her grill and then and then she didn't she sleep with him and then she was like, My family's real fucked up and it was like, Ooh, a different kind of power, a different kind of she's more manipulative than she's letting on. I thought it was someone really hot, like a real hot The cop was hot. But I think it was the cop. I think that was a real moment. I don't know. What I what I remember is the last episode she had a cool scene. She <laughs> yeah. had a cool couple of scenes. Um we're also Nancy's about, and this is a big one. I'm interested to see what happens here. Sissy Spacek has asked oh, Nancy being, that's not her name in the show. Nancy Re- is. Andrea Rice. Yeah, from the movie Nancy. Which you all know the movie Nancy. Because. <laughs> the best movie that could lose a half hour from the top that I've ever seen. We did an entire podcast episode on that film and I don't remember what it's about. I do. I like it. Oh, wait. It. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, anyway, uh, Nancy. Sissy Spacek has asked Nancy and the emo kid to move in. And Nancy, so Nancy. Nan, emo kid is Nancy and guy who drowned from that th- th- third season of. Um, An Animal Kingdom. Ozzy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And has had his it's own problems the with The emo drugs. kid is their son. He always plays people that have had problems with drugs and he himself has had problems with drugs. There are some people that are always cast as the person who's on drugs. And Always. Like, Giovanni Ribisi is one of them. Giovanni Ribisi, love, which is ironic <coughs> because he's a Scientologist and they don't like taking drugs for your brain. Really? Is he a Scientologist? Yeah, bo- bo- second generation. Oh, okay. Born and raised. Try to give them more space. <laughs> you can't help what you're born into. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, okay. oh, sorry for getting political there. Sorry to any Scientologists listening. It's not, um, I've got, uh, it's no more wacky than some of the other ones. <laughs> Pretty wacky. Anyway, all right, it is pretty fucking wacky. Pretty fucking no, no, you're all right. You're born and raised. You're all right. Um, no, but I was gonna say about Rabisi, <laughs> who I love, by the way. We've talked about Rabisi a lot because Rabisi was in Meadowland. Yeah. So Nancy <laughs> had a kid with had the emo kid with, which is odd because they look so close in age. But Nancy, the emo kid, is Nancy's son. That she had with Danny. Who was in The Dark Knight Rises as a corrupt politician. Didn't and he, you say he was an Aussie? Yeah, but he, after oh. Animal Kingdom did really well, he did. He started doing well in the US. Oh, cool. Um, he's in Animal Kingdom. Um, and he was in Dark Knight Rises and he has a line in it where he goes, can we get some girls in here? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's about to have a party. This is before Batman comes and like mm. arrests him. He's like, can we get some girls in here? Oh, my God, I here? remember that. It's one of my favourite lines in cinematic history. Can we get some girls in here? Um. Anyway, and he says that. And so he had a kid, but now she's with John Leguizamo. In the show, yes. And so she's probably like, oh, no, I want to stick around. Yeah. 
Valma's telling John to fuck off. This is some drama here. Yes, that's right. And John Leguizamo uh, basically says that he's like, oh, I'm in love with Nancy. Not that fond of the kid. The kid could fuck off. But I'm looking to settle down with Nancy. This is what I mean, though, about, like, episodes and mushiness and everything. Yeah. So the fact that the fact that John Leguizamo has been told you have to fuck off or else I'm, you might get killed. Yes. And the fact that she's getting offered to stay, she's getting offered a place to stay there and she's in a relationship with John yes. Leguizamo. But the fact that she's in a relationship with John Leguizamo wasn't in this episode. No, that was revealed to us in like the first John Leguizamo episode. Right. So they want the money. So they want Danny's money. Danny's entitled to a certain portion of money. And Nancy's like, well, I had his kid, so we want the money. And I think John Leguizamo wants the money. And John Leguizamo is saying, if you don't give me the money, I'm going to reveal something that I know. Right. And I think that he knows that Kyle Chandler killed Danny. Or at least suspects. But now that Velma's involved, <laughs> Velma from Scooby-Doo is involved, yeah. it and, might which be... Any, any corruption that um, Coach can do, she can do it in heels. Yep. <laughs> She's wearing heels all the time. Yeah, she is. Um, I think there's other things that he knows about the family. I want to know what the fuck... I, there you go. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with Velma and John? Yeah, that's great. And by John, I mean John Leguizamo, not the character named John. So the thing I was going to say was the fact that he's here to stay, he's in a relationship with her. She's told him to fuck off, but but um, Nancy's just been gotten an offer to stay. That's, I imagine, maybe like going to be a piece of drama in the next episode. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But the fact that those two scenes weren't like intercut or right next mm-hmm. to each other or like... He didn't have a scene with her where he was like, hey, we've got to fuck off. And she, Mm. it's like, this is what I'm saying is, it's like that people, the fact that that might happen in another episode is part of this thing of like, I just wish there was a bit more of episodicness. I wish in an episode that things would happen because they don't happen in an episode. And again, that's kind of our fault for taking a Netflix show that is designed to be binged and Mm. watching it. Over seven months. Yes. And by kind of our fault, do you mean it's our fault? What I'm saying is any and every criticism I have leveled at this show Mm. has all been my fault. I'll put my hand up because you wanted to watch season one. My fault. Nothing I've said about this show is in any way validated by anything other than my own stupidity. Yep. I'm happy to end it there. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Two more. I've got two more hours of this and then I'm done. Not if you watch it at one and a half speed. That's my final thought. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got two more episodes of Bloodline Arama and there are things I am excited for. Like I want to know what the fuck is going on and I do feel like we have unpacked it enough to have a, a general gist. I don't care who Mazortiz is. I don't care. They better not have something massive to do with the end of it. I couldn't, I couldn't take is it in. Is he in season three? Johnny Legs? Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, though. Okay. I don't think. Oh, it's almost worse. We'll I'd come back just... to it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> like, we are hemorrhaging listeners. Um, what can Tom take us away with today? Well, we're going to give it a leg with Star. Oh, though. my God. Uh... Um, for that scene... For that scene, I loved that scene. Actually, I loved two of his scenes. He was in, like, four, and I loved two of them very much. 
And look at his pretty Johnny. Three. I'm going to go three and a half. I was close to doing that. Yeah, I think three and a half. Uh, I like the way he counted the cash in the envelope. Yeah. And then I just thought that was a nice touch. Tiniest ponytail I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, what should Tom take us away with? I like sort of music. Yeah, right. <laughs> why, why the fuck not? Uh, is that a good enough brief, Tom? You got that? Great. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for our second last episode of Season 2 Bloodline Arama. We love you. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.